Covenant Grocery Group seeks to directly support organizations and agencies that are fighting the global battle against human trafficking. They do this through funding, procuring, and advocating. You can go to covenantrescue.org for further details. They need your donations, guys. Hop on and donate. How many believe there is more? If you don't believe there's more, then you got a boring God. One resolute, praying, believing man or woman today can bring a spiritual awakening to an entire community. Something deep inside of me was calling out to the deep of God. And I said, Lord, there's got to be more. All right, welcome to There's More Podcast with Brent Cooper and Stephen Nix. And that's exactly what we're talking about today is there is more. And the there is more is going to be coming from a perspective of a career firefighter uh, and from a real estate agent, uh, two average normal Joes who uh, just realize that there has to be more to life. And that answer for us is Jesus. And uh, just like you heard in the intro, uh, and Stephen will chime in just a second, but he says, if you don't believe that there's more than you've got a boring God. That's correct. And that's a really, really strong statement because I can be honest, I've been a part of some boring church services. I've been a part of a lot of boring church. But that's so much different than truly experiencing God. That's not to say, hey, don't go to church because you can experience God. And, and I, I assure you, God is there. But I've just, I've been a part of some boring church services. You know what? And it's probably because it was it was me and my heart and the posture of my heart was not ready to re- you know, experience God. So I'm going to sure. always point that back to me more than I am the church. And then also, I think it was Billy Graham. Was that, That's the next guy that he was saying. Yeah, yeah. One praying, you know, man or woman can bring about a spiritual awakening. Yeah. Like that's, that's huge. One, like, you know, before all his uh, evangelistic events, he yeah. would send a man or a team just to go pray weeks before. Yeah, that, that, that clip of Billy Graham is actually, um, I, I'm a Billy Graham fan. I, I love Billy Graham. I used to watch his um, his crusades on TBN on Saturday nights. tells you tells you how crazy I am on the weekends. Um, and I actually have a picture. There's some spider webs over there around the lamp, but there's a picture of Billy Graham. He's he's in a marketplace, and the reason why I bought that picture, I, I found it on eBay. I'll have to share it with you guys. But the reason I bought that picture is because I'm looking at it, and I and I. And, and Billy Graham's got his hat off. He, he's a gentleman. He's going through this market, this outdoor marketplace. I don't know when this picture was taken. Probably the the fifties. Um, he's got his hat off because he's shaking hands with with a lady. But there's so many people around him, and the way they're looking at Billy Graham is as if the way I portray it is if is if there is they're looking at him saying there's something different about that man. This was before Billy Graham was was really really popular and was selling out you know the Crusades and all this stuff, but. That particular clip of Billy Graham, I'll be honest with you guys, I have I, I took that from one of his sermons. I'm not sure which one it was, but I I will listen to his old sermons and if I find something I can, you know, take from it, I I normally clip that out and I did. I think it was the way his voice sounds, that was a long time ago. Um but to hear his passion and his belief and just to know that just like Brett said, one praying man or woman of God can literally bring a spiritual awakening to an entire community. Yeah, and that's what we're going to talk about today is is revival and what that means as far as uh, individuals and what that means corporately. And I know um, before we continue to go forward, we've um, 
we've all been a part of quote scheduled revivals or you know tent revivals in some fashion. So if you've if you've grown up in the the Christian culture, or even if not, if you've been invited to something, um, this is not an angle of hating on any kind of scheduled event, but it's also trying to pull back some things when it comes to us as individuals. What that means when it comes to personal revival and how that can be contagious to go to corporate revival that may or may not be scheduled. I'm not saying God can't show up on a scheduled event on sure. a Friday night at 7 p.m. with these exact songs and stuff. But I'm also saying that man cannot reproduce anything in the shape, way, form, or fashion of God. Yes. If that was the way, we would not need Jesus. Absolutely. Um, and we're going to get into dive into that a little bit more. Um, and, and honestly, man, this is the reason why we started a podcast. Um, and I know Brent talked about it earlier, touched on it. It's because the you know, we know that there is more to the Christian life. Um, and we are, we just know there's, there's more to life in general. For those of you, if you happen to be listening, you're not a Christian. Uh, you've probably had this question. You probably had it in your gut, knowing that there's a void in your life somewhere. It's because you know that there really is more and that more is Jesus. Um, but this was really the reason why we started because we wanted to, to let you guys know some of you that might have grown up in church for your entire life and was was just going to church on a Sunday, singing some songs, putting some money in the tithe plate, you know, taking the Lord's Supper every now and then, listening to a sermon, leaving church, going to the buffet to get some food, coming home, taking a nap, or going to the park to play, like whatever it is you do on a Sunday. Some of you guys, that's what you did your entire life, and that's what you're doing now as adults with families. You're doing the same thing you did as a kid. Um there is more to life and to church than just attending and going. And so we have experienced uh, a God in a way that it has, it has ruined us um, from the standpoint of just being in God's presence and literally seeking the face of God and, and wanting God to, to do more in this nation, in this world, in our lives personally. Um, and, and that's, Honestly, guys, that's the reason why we started this this whole this whole podcast was because of the burden that God has put on our heart to see Him move in ways that would that will change you absolutely change you forever. Um, you know, we've talked about those services at the generation long time ago. You know, ten fifteen years ago, um, where God was was moving in a, in a way where it was it was a revival in a sense to to us you know it wasn't a, this big scale revival but in the ministry that we were in it was god was showing up and and moving and changing people's lives and and even the time before that at, at the church where, that i was attending that god was moving in a way where he was changing lives constantly and just showing up on on sundays his presence of god was just strong and we've experienced that and it's you know, like, like I said earlier, we're ruined by it. And so I want you guys to be ruined by that too, if that makes any sense. Um, but yes, that's the reason why we started this podcast and a, and a little bit more detailed uh, response to that. Um, but yeah, so there is more to this life and, you know, we want you guys to experience, we're going to talk about revival today um, and exactly what biblical revival is and um, how we get there. Yeah, for 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 me, I would say it was an individual revival. Of that was really my first foundation of ministry is being ex- experienced and exposed, or not say experienced, but exposed to seeing a movement of God in my own life. Of actually realizing that I finally found the true meaning of who Jesus was. I had a head knowledge for a long time, but had, had lacked a heart knowledge. 
So, so for that is that we did talk the other night is that we experienced God in so, so much. So many lives were changed. We were seeing it everywhere we went that shame on us. We became complacent to it. Yeah. And yeah. for us to see salvations, and we've actually mentioned, mentioned it in some previous episodes where you show up to an event and there would be, I don't know, two or 300 students and you would have, you know, 60 get saved. Let's just use round numbers. Or yeah. you show up to another event with 10 people and six get sh- saved. Yeah. And it's like, well, that's a big deal when it comes to the kingdom because all of heaven is rejoicing. And we're like, all right, well, let's go to Waffle House. I know these people just got radically saved and they're not going to, to experience life without Jesus and uh, eternity in hell. Um, they're going to be with Jesus with us and having, a, you know, all of heaven's throwing a party and we're going to get scattered, smothered, and covered. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Shame on us. No, and, and honestly, we, we, sh- <laughs> we, our band was leading worship at a, uh, I don't know, I think they call it fifth quarter event after a, a high school football game for Fultonelle First Baptist Church. And we, we showed up, we're thinking, okay, man, it's going to be great. We're going to have 50 kids, you know, 100 kids there. We're get you know, sing some songs and listen to a message and leave. And we're doing the sound check and, you know, they say that the thing starts like at 10 o'clock or something. Looking down, it's 945. There ain't nobody there except for the... They did deliver like 80 pizzas. So we're thinking, oh, it's yeah. on. We're yes. about to be packing this place out. Yes. And 10 o'clock <laughs> hits and they're kind of like, oh, we might need to just, you know, delay the start a little bit. So we delayed it. And then finally, we just were like, okay, we just need to go ahead and start. And there was like 10 kids there. Um and it was kind of sad, but but we started praying. And, I, and I'll always remember this. We prayed right before the service started, and it was just like, guys, we we have to realize that we're you know we're we're worshiping God. This is not an event that we're just play music and you know entertain. This is an event where we are worshiping God, and we have an audience of one. And we went out there and we played like we were playing in front of a hundred thousand people, and you know, but. You know, having that audience of one and and keeping that our focus, Andy got up and preached, and and I really I, I think there were six or seven people that got saved that night, and it kind of brought us down to, uh, you know, pro- kind of back down, took a notch out of our belt a little bit, and we're like, man, this is this is really awesome. It humbled us, uh, and really put things in perspective to know, that, hey, what we do is not because of the amount of people that show up, but who is actually changed by the presence of God. And by Jesus, um, and so it was really cool to see that. I know it kind of was kind of a rabbit trail a little bit, but yeah, that, that's fine. We, we're uh, that was just a really cool moment because that'll be always one of those staples we can fall back on. So we're going to kind of get into a little bit what we've learned about a uh, a church, and one of our uh, previous guests has kind of had some stern in his heart for the experience for revival, and just like the third guy on our intro, where he talks about you know something deep within inside of him was calling for more. We're starting to see that through uh, a local church in Tennessee, yeah. and then uh, Kyle Reno, a, a pastor in Arkansas, oh, yeah. reached out, and basically one of the, the last time he was on our podcast, God had started in him a phenomenal message, a word from the Lord that Stephen will put a link on uh, when he shares it on social media, so we highly encourage you to listen to it, but what's starting to, to happen is there's some, it's kind of like... I don't know if it's contagious or like wildfire, but there is this passion of saying there's got to be more. And that more is more than a normal church service, more than a normal walk. It, it gets ugly when it comes to individual rival. And we will talk about that too. Yeah. 
but also some remnants of what's happening when people start experiencing a living God. Yeah, I think God is burdening hearts. And, and we talked about it last week. Um, God is burdening my heart big time. And and like I said, this was the reason why we started the podcast, and it's been happening for, for almost two years now. Um, but, but Kyle Reno sent me the text a couple of weeks ago. He said, hey, I thought about you when I was preparing the sermon. He said, whenever you get a chance, go go listen to it. And I was like, okay, you know, that's cool. And I pulled it up that night when I was, I was laying down with my daughter. Uh, she was going to bed, and, of course, she has to have somebody with her like 24-7 because she just she just loves Mommy and Daddy so much, you know. Um, anyway, so we're she sleeps with us like every night. Uh, and so I'm laying down with her trying to get her to sleep, and I was like, oh, now's a good time I can listen to this sermon. So I pull it up and – and and from the get go, man, I was just man, just getting the holy goosebumps listening to to Kyle preach and and honestly, there's you know two or three four moments in that sermon where I just tears are running down my face because listening to him talk, it was it was my heart like it, it's what God has burdened my heart for, and so to to listen to that and to hear it and man, it was just it was really really good. I shared the sermon with a lot of my friends. Uh, some guys groups some men said, hey, y'all go listen to this whenever you can. I actually sent it to Brent, and I said, hey, you, you need to go listen to this. This is like one of the top sermons I've I've heard, main, mainly because, you know, it's my heart right now. And uh, a day later, I texted Brent. I was like, I know you haven't listened to the sermon yet because you haven't <laughs> talked to – because I, I know if he did, he, yeah, I know if he did, he would have, you know, reached out immediately. And sure enough, you know, like he's like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna get to it. And you know, a few hours later, he's like, holy cow, that's really, really good. Um, but, but anyway, so it kind of listening to Kyle preach that sermon kind of rekindled some stuff. Um, and it was maybe a week later. I we're talking about that church in Tennessee. I was on Twitter uh, scrolling through one night. I see uh, my old pastor, uh, Doctor Steve Gaines. He was uh, he put something on Twitter and said, Hey, I just attended the prayer service at Long Long I almost said Longfellow. <laughs> <laughs> at Long Hollow Baptist Church. We want to say Longfellow Deeds. Y'all have seen the movie. <laughs> um anyway, so so we uh I, I was I was reading the tweet. So I just attended the prayer service at Long Hollow Baptist Church. Um and it, and it said God's doing amazing things. You know, it was an amazing service. And so I go on this trail. I click on the Long Long Hollow Baptist Church link. Go to their Twitter page. I, I see their pastor. Their pastor's name is Robbie Gallaty. Um, I, I looked up him and I started just seeing what God is doing at their church. And over the past six weeks, they've had over four hundred baptisms. And I'm like, during oh. a pandemic. Yes, during a pandemic. And I'm like, holy cow! And so you know, just kind of seeing what God's doing at that church is really. It's really encouraging, and also to know that his prayer. I started listening. He's got a podcast too. We'll we'll share that if you guys want to start listening to it. But his heart, he said throughout this, what God's doing in his church is for it to go to other churches too. I mean, he he wants it to spread, not just you know, not being selfish and keeping it. Hey, God, we want you to move here and only here. No, he's he's praying that God moves everywhere. Um, but but they are experiencing a true biblical revival. And we want to touch on that just a little bit about, you know, what is a true biblical revival? A lot of times, you, we, you know, we've talked about what happened at Brownsville years ago too. That that was that was a, a revival. It was in the Pentecostal church, you know, so to speak. And there were 
healings and stuff like that taking place. But you know, some of that was was probably superficial, but but some of it was was totally God as well. So, but we want to touch base on some of that stuff. I'll uh, give just a really quick snapshot from some of the things that we've. Uh We've both kind of been studying and watching. So this is not all coming from us. Like we have all the answers. We're continuing to try to study to learn more. But uh, one of the things that we took some notes on, it says biblical revival is the intensification of the Holy Spirit. Uh, if you're if you're new in the faith, you're still questioning like, hey, is this Jesus thing for me? Or I still got some questions about there's more right now. And I'm filling it with everything else in the world. And you're still left, you know, feeling empty. We'll give you a kind of really quick snapshot because you're like, well, you know, the intensification of the Holy Spirit, like, what does that even mean? So basically right after, you know, Jesus was the the fulfillment for all of our sins, past, present, future, he died on a cross. Like, obviously, this is in the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Um, once he was dead on the cross, they put him in a tomb. He, you know, rose from the dead three days later. The tomb was empty, and he ends up appearing to all of his followers and disciples. And doubting Thomas even is like, hey, this ain't you. And Thomas put his... His fingers in his basically the you know the wounds in his hand where the nails were driven, it's, and he kind of walks with his disciples for a little bit later, and we get into the Acts chapter one. So I'm gonna give you a really quick snapshot. Jesus is kind of talking to his disciples and basically saying, "Hey, wait here for a gift that my Father promised. I'm going to send you." This is talking about the Holy Spirit, and Jesus says in verse eight, "This is Acts one, verse. Let's start with five. It says, "For John baptized with water, but in a few days you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit." They gathered around him, uh, asked him, Lord, is this time that you're going to restore the kingdom of Israel? He said, it's not for you to know the time nor the dates that the Father has set um, by his own authority. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all of Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So the Holy Spirit was coming. So as Jesus is leaving the scene, he's about to be called up to heaven. The Holy Spirit, which is still Jesus yeah. and God, you know, we believe... We, Two simple guys that believe in the Trinity, uh, God, Father, Holy Spirit, and that's the gift. So the intensification of the Holy Spirit is basically Jesus coming alive inside us. It's a gift that when we accept, when we confess Jesus is Lord, the Holy Spirit is a free gift from God that comes and lives inside of us, that helps walk with us. It's the, you know, you always remember the cartoons on the uh, Tom and Jerry when you had a little angel and a little devil. Oh, yeah. Always yeah. tempting them to do something to get at each other. Love watching those on Saturday mornings. Well, it's it's uh, it's true, but the sense there is no devil. It's all that, that, you know, the Holy Spirit would be that little angel on the side of you saying, hey, don't do this, do that. Right. As long as it matches up with Scripture, I'm going to, you know, lean on the fact that Jesus is always with us, lives inside of us, dwells in us. So the intensification of the Holy Spirit. That just means it's got to start somewhere individually. Yeah. It's got to start with me because if I go to where God's moving and my heart's not ready to receive anything, I've been a part of some services that where people were getting radically changed and I felt nothing. Yeah. But I can tell you, I brought sin in, I brought in wrong motives. Yeah. Like, what is this going to do for me? And I left there not changed a bit. And I would have said, just like in the intro, man, that's a boring God. Well, I hadn't had a chance to even do anything personally when it comes to allowing the Holy Spirit going into the depths of my soul, as Pastor Andy would say, with his spiritual flashlight of saying, let's go in and clean house, man. There's more. Mm -hmm. There's more than what you're feeling, looking, searching, or doing. Yes. Um, and, and, you know, we're talking about the Holy Spirit and the intensification of the Holy Spirit. What does that look like? What are, what are things that, that we can physically see that the Holy Spirit is doing? Well, you know, one of those things is, is conviction. I mean, we look at conviction and say, 
you know, you, you see people go to church on a Sunday, you know, the preacher preaches his message, they go up to the altar and maybe confess sins or just want to get right with God or just want to pray, whatever it is. But you start seeing a lot of that happen in revival. There's, there is a widespread conviction, mm-hmm. which you're, you're thinking, conviction, man, that's, that's tough. Yeah, you know, it, it is. But just like you said, it's God revealing stuff to us. Um, you know, there's there's conviction that happens. There's uh, conversion. People are getting saved. Those type things are, are are off the scale, off the charts. And this could even be people that's been in church for a long time. Yes, like I was one of those in My, church for a long yeah. time. I mean, uh, deacons, elders getting saved because they are realizing they have conviction of their sin. They realize that they have been uh, head knowledge versus heart knowledge, and they're thinking, "Oh my God, something's not right." Yes. You know, and Jekka, uh, oh my gosh, I can't say her name, my wife. Jekka actually got saved uh, too, you know, when during the generation. And she was so called saved before that. Grew up in church. Grew up in church. And God was convicting and converting people. Um, but you also see assurance too. Like people know who they are in God. So you have that conviction, you got the conversion. You have the assurance at this point, like knowing, like my God is so awesome. Like He He loves me. Um, he's there for me. He's with, with us every step of the way. He's faithful. He's true. Um, so many things where you start, you have this assurance with God. You're like, man, this is this is incredible. Those things are off the chart. People experience the the joy of their salvation again. People are experiencing God in, in ways they've never they've never actually felt before. Um, or know of, and you have the intensification of sanctification. Try saying that four times fast. Um, and sanctif- sanctification is really just a process of, of kind of becoming holy, in a sense, becoming like Christ. And there is no end with that. There's not. That's the tough part, is that for, for those that have been in the faith for a while, or your new believers, there is no end goal to where we're like, well, we're like, well, we've completed our checklist and we've done 1,001 ways to be a holy Christian. Yeah. Because when you get one thing covered, the enemy has never stopped working. He still comes to still kill and destroy. So there's always a battlefield. And if you listen to Pastor Arena's message, he's, he's basically saying, you don't have to go look for trouble as a believer because if you're a believer, the enemy's always trying to work. Yeah. But you see a really like, almost like a flow chart per se of conviction of sin. I mean, that happened in my life. Uh, conversion, basically that was from from head to heart, man, radically changed, knew that my life had to change. Uh, the assurance is that, man, God is really who he says he is. I've actually felt his presence, and it's not all about feelings because you'll go through some dry moments in your in your faith, um, and that's biblical too. Yeah. But also there's times where you have experienced the move of God and you see it happen and you were very broken. It brought a lot of brokenness to me. A guy that used to not cry that now, man, I'm just like, man, I just got a lot of allergies or something going on because – I have no fear with that. And then sanctification, that's something that I'm still walking through today. And when I wake up tomorrow, it'll be part of it getting too. And yeah. that's where the, the personal revival comes in. Uh, and these are all things that Pastor Robbie out of Tennessee is talking about this happening. Yeah. Like he is seeing this play out. And this is not something that it just, he woke up and decided to happen. Yeah. The, it there, started with him it, with a journey. Yes, it did. And with him, it was, it was, you know, God burdened his heart. And what he started doing was, he said he would spend an hour or, or two hours every night in silence and solitude before God. So he, he's in this attitude of prayer. And there's a sermon that he's, he actually said that he, he, uh, he preached on this was about being silent. And I think it was around Christmas time, maybe before Christmas. I'm going to go find it and listen to it because my question whenever I heard him say, I've been sitting in silence and solitude 
for God before God for for ten months for one or two hours a night. And my first question is like, what does that look like? Because when when I go to the Lord in prayer, I always want to say, Hey God, I'm praying for this. I'm praying for that. Lord God, move in this way. Do this. Do that. It's rare for me to actually sit there and and listen to God. And so I'm really excited to to go back and listen to what He's talking about sitting in silence and solitude. But he said after after about ten months, this was a, this was I believe the the Sunday before Christmas. He said God spoke to him in such a way. He said it wasn't the uh, the audible voice of God. He said, but my goodness, it was it was close. Um, but he he mentioned that God put on his heart to we're having baptisms. Let's have Sunday. a baptism service. Yes. That wasn't planned. Was not planned. He he called his the entire staff. He's like, we've got to, he said, we hit up every thrift store, you know, within find every clothes, yeah, 20 towel, mile radius, buying shorts, t-shirts, all that stuff. <laughs> and he said, we're going to have a baptism service this Sunday. And they're like, well, that's crazy. I mean, like, this, there's the week before Christmas. Like, there's not going to, yeah, there's a pandemic, the pandemic going on. Uh, but he was like, I've, this is what God has spoke to me. We've got to do it. And and by the way, just to go back a little bit, spending the one or two hours in silence and solitude before God, he mentions that some of those nights that he would literally get up and the presence of God was so strong on him that he's like, yeah, I can't walk. He's like, I was, I was, like, I was dizzy. Like I, like I was, you know, like I could not walk. I was just affected and, and just in the presence, which I'm not, you know, guys, you know, take what you want to from that. But and he clarifies, it's not yeah. about the, ex- the experience it's not about of feeling. God. He said, but boy, it sure was good. That's it right. Was more about the posture of his heart started in February of 2020. Yeah. Um, just one month prior to the pandemic. Yep. So March pandemic hits, and he's been seeking the Lord from February to December. Yep. He gets the word from the Lord, and they decide on that Sunday to have a baptism service. Yeah. They had kind of they had actually been asked to stop services for a little bit because they were a fairly large church. Yeah, and then they kind of was like, ah, we right, we're going to help for a little bit, but we've got to get back together. And this is where God brings in the start of revival. And they they started having spontaneous baptisms. People coming up in the middle of the of the worship saying, "Hey, I want to get baptized." Some of their actually, I think, it's some staff or some elders or deacons, however their their chain is. Yeah. Um, started realizing they have conviction of sin, getting saved, and like, you know what, there was no judgment. It was like, man, let's just, let's hammer this down, like, let's yeah. seal this up. Yeah, and I, I don't want to, I don't want to get into denomination stuff here. I don't think one's better than the other. I just happen to side more with the, with the theology of, of Baptist, but, you know, I I agree. I don't agree with everything, you know, theology-wise with, with, with Baptist or anything like that, but I agree mostly with them. Um, but it's rare to see you know, God, there's a revival, so to speak, at a Baptist church. Normally you see this, you know, Pentecostal type right. churches, but, and, and he even talks about that. He's like, you know, this is a Baptist church. I mean, it's, you know, we got a lot of conservative folks at a Baptist church, <clears throat> but the spontaneous baptisms, he just, he opened it up. He's like, we're going to start baptizing people. If you want to get baptized, come up. And so they have, you know, a prayer service on Tuesday nights. People get baptized there. Sundays, people are getting baptized, and then, like I said earlier, in six weeks, over four hundred people have been baptized. And I and you can go watch their services on YouTube, and it's it's so encouraging to see. I mean, just baptism after baptism after baptism, and he and he's like, "All right, hey, he'll get up and say, hey, are, are we done? Is anybody else are we done? Yeah, does anybody else want to come forward?" They had one guy that was watching the live stream, and said, "There's probably you know thirty minutes or so left on the 
on the service, and he he commented and was like, "Hey, can I get baptized? You know, I'm 15 minutes away. I'm heading that way. I'm, yeah, I'm going. I'm coming there. And they're like, yeah, come on. So they held the service up <laughs> and waited for him to get there, and the Absolutely. guy walks in and gets baptized. So so though you're you're seeing God, and 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 with the baptism, people aren't going to get baptized just to be dunked in water. They've been affected by the Holy Spirit of God. They've yeah, and that's affected, the first convicted, yeah. converted. You know, whatever it is. I mean, there's there's people. That's the first step of of of, of discipline. Yeah, and for those that are you know listening, not discipline obedience. Yeah, new to the faith, or you've been in it a while, and and you're realizing, hey man, I I feel like I've I've been a believer or whatever, but man, I know in my heart something's not right and something's missing, and that answer is has got to be Jesus. It's the first step of obedience of uh, basically standing before for God and all the people, just like you do when you get married and saying, "Hey, man, this is he's he's the one, he's yeah. the real deal." And you go in the old and come out the do, the new. Yeah. Second uh, Corinthians five seventeen. If anyone's in Christ, a new creation, the old is gone, the new has come. Like that's basically what you're doing. You're you're confessing before people that you are not ashamed, um, you know, of the gospel and what it's done for your life, realizing that you couldn't do this on your own. So. Another thing that I, you know, some of the notes that we took from some of our, uh, you know, listening and, and studies of stuff, it says sleepy Christians get awakened. There's there's three things that happen with when biblical revival takes place. Spiritual Christians, these these spiritual so called Christians, have been in church their whole life, and these sleepy Christians, right? They get they get woken up. Yeah, and I had a, I had a note right before that, and you may have it too, but mine says uh, the Spirit bears witness that we are sons and daughters of the Father. Yeah. So you know Jesus inside of us, like it is bearing witness that we are a part of the kingdom. When I we have a spiritual Father, a Father who is who He says He is. He is the Great I Am, the Alpha Omega, the Beginning, the End, the Healer of everything. Like He He is, you know. I think of the that, the movie with Bruce Almighty, but I'm thinking like God Almighty, you yeah. know, like He is who He says He is. Yeah. But it says the first one is sleepy Christians get awakened. Man, if it's 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 hard to. I, I was convicted listening. I was to say that. I needed that for myself because um, we all experience those moments of sleepiness. We 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 all just become captured into society where we just do the same old same old thing every day every week. Every Sunday, and and we just become mundane and lazy, lethargic, whatever you want to say, and we're like, oh, okay, let's go to this church service. And I think one of the problems that we fail to realize, you know, honestly, is that the the church has failed with this: is that we don't we don't really realize the power of the living God that we're that we're serving and worshiping that we've literally surrendered our life to. Like there's so much power in that, and we don't realize it. Mm-hmm. We 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 have become complacent to the fact that I want to get blessed. Let me give my tithe money. Maybe God will bless me in that. Hey, church, maybe you can use some of this money. I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. Hey, pastor, good sermon. That that was that was pretty good. You know, but but honestly, like the problems that we fail to realize that the living God is among us when we are Christians. Mm-hmm. He's among us. Period. And and we it's hard for us to realize that. So us Christians, we become sleepy in that fact. And we're like, oh, we're just going to hear some good stories that we know they're true. They're biblical. I don't know. Lord yes. fed 5,000 with some, some bread and fish. Not a big deal. Like I was like ordering a Happy Meal and feeding half of Birmingham. Like, right. Like, come on. And so that, yeah, we're all guilty to that. And number two, you have number two, Nick's? Yes. Nominal Christians are converted. Um, and, and this is what we talked about earlier. Those The nominal Christian, you know, is is the person who is not really saved. I mean, it's, it's the people who grew up in church. They say they're Christians, 
but they're truly converted when revival happens. Fully understand the gospel. Fully understand the gospel, are convicted of their sin, repents of their sin, turns a complete 180. You know, repenting from your sin, that is that is something that, that I think needs to be talked about more in the pulpits, is that, yes, we confess our sin sometimes. A lot of the times we confess our sin, but we need to turn from that sin. We need to repent and remove that sin from our life. Repent means turn and turn away from it. Go the other way. I mean, we're, we are complete 180 turning away from that sin. And so not only do we need to confess our sin, we need to repent of our sin, but nominal Christians, I think, understand that. They they're, they're get to the point where they're like, man, I'm, I don't know if I'm truly saved or not. And so you start seeing these, these people who grew up in church that are so-called Christians, they actually surrender their life to Christ. There's a change in their life. And before there wasn't much of a change. They said a prayer and you know attend church. Now there's there's change. You're seeing you're seeing the fruits you know actually start to appear in their life. Um, so those nominal Christians are converted. Number three. Do you got number three? Yeah, this one says church growth, but I also I would just add uh, you know personal growth. Yeah, I, I I put on there hard to reach people become Christians. Yeah, uh, that's and that, and that and with the church growth that happens. You see these these uh, these people that are so far away from God, whether it's you know these alcoholics, these uh, drug people that are, are addicted to drugs, uh, prostitutes, uh, or people that are just you know in sexual sin. Um, you see these people that just don't give a rip. The the lost of the lost, atheist. Um, you get what I'm trying to say. Those people are coming to church and being converted, and. That is that is what it's about, man. When you start seeing that happen, holy cow, something's happening. Mm-hmm. God is moving. You are in a revival. And and I, I want to say this, and I'm guilty of this, of just seeking the hand of God. I'm, I'm guilty of that and, and thinking, oh, well, the only way that, that I know that we're, that, that we're in a spiritual revival is if I see the hand of God move. No, not necessarily. That's not necessarily it. We don't have to. It's not going to be this experience. We're like, oh, this heavenly experience. Like the biblical revival, where you know you can see that take place when those when that conviction happens, when those nominal Christians wake up, um, or when the sleepy Christians wake up, when the nominal Christians are converted, and you start seeing these people that are far, far, far away from the faith that are giving and surrendering their life to Christ. When that happens. Yes, sir. You better believe that, that God is moving in a way uh, that is very, very special. So here's here's a couple questions that I would challenge. I'm not going to ask them to you because I know like, oh, we are just going to point your fingers. So here's some questions I have for myself. First of all, am I hungry? Mm-hmm. You're like, well, yeah, I hadn't had breakfast today. But like, no, like, where, where where's my, my spiritual hunger at? Am I hungry? Yeah. Uh, am I at a place of thinking, you know, as Cooper saying, hey, there has to be more. In, in what area of my life is, you know, there has to be more. Uh, have I become complacent? Yeah. Is my heart just to attend a service or to seek the face of God and to to be changed from the inside out from my way? Am, am I looking at everybody else's rug or do I need to pull the rug up and, and, and rug up in my life and quit sweeping stuff up under there? These are questions I think you can ask yourself too yeah. as yeah. whoever's listening. Yeah. Um that that that's such a great point because when I look at when I think about these things that you know ordinary Christians there we're we're not and I say we're because I've I've been in that I've been an ordinary Christian and I struggle with that I think that's one thing we all struggle with is being a common ordinary Christian 
you know, but ordinary Christians, I think we struggle with the fact that we're neither happy nor sad, you know, enough, right, in order for there to be change. So we're not happy enough to, to be serving God with our whole full hearts. We're not, we're, neither are we sad enough for there to be a change to take place. We're just kind of there. Status quo. Status quo. Um, we're not convicted enough by our sin to be able to do something about it and, and seek the true repent, uh, repentance. So there's also not the joy of, our, of the salvation in our life. And those questions that Brent just, just, just asked, ask yourself those questions. Because, man, we're all guilty of it, you know, but we have to change. When are we going to change? When is there going to be a change in our life to where you say, okay, God, you know what? It's time. Uh-huh. It is time that I start living this Christian life the way it should be lived, not just surrendering my life to you, Christ. Yes, that is awesome, and that is fantastic, but sometimes you live on that hive, surrendering your life to Christ for a month or a couple of weeks, or God burdens your heart for something and you just kind of let it go. Mm-hmm. No, guys, like it is it is time. Like when are we going to wake up, stop being the sleepy Christian, stop being the ordinary Christian, uh and stop start being extraordinary in a sense and well, letting God work and move in your life. Let's call a spade a spade. The just being really transparent. We are as individuals that have flesh and have sin, we are about control. Yeah. And we can suppress the Holy Spirit all we want to because we're really good at it. We can justify it. Um, we can allow the Holy Spirit to move in areas that we want him to, but not allow him areas that he really wants to. Yeah. And it's all about control. And there has to become a place to where when you start, we know whether you choose to, um, you know, just seek God in your own way or with his quiet times, prayer, worship. If you decide to do fasting, there's so many ways to pursue God. If it's sitting in silence and solitude like Nick spoke about. Man, there's so many ways to, to enter the you know the kingdom of God, enter the throne room, and it's basically Jesus is in your heart. He's with you. He's listening, and we are the only ones that hinder ourselves from actually doing it because it's all about control. If we're just being honest, it's it's 100 percent about control. Um, we have to get some to of us point fear. We, yeah, like hey, what's he really going to do? What's he going to call me to do? And and that's scary. Like that's that is where faith comes in because it's the un, you know believing in something even when we can't see is the unknown. Yes, that that is very scary to think. Okay, if I truly surrender my life to Christ, what is he going to call me to do? So we're not preaching at you guys. We're preaching with you. We, we totally understand that we, uh, you know, we have areas in our life that we control, too, that these are things we're trying to die to self, too. But that's my encouragement is, uh, man, where, where is our hearts at? And I'm going to say, where's your heart at? Well, where's my heart at, too? If you've experienced God in a way that I know Stephen and myself have and it's wrecked us and changes, man, I, I'm going to be honest. Like, I am in need of... I'm in need of that of some some times like that again yeah. because I've not you know individually I'm walking through areas of a spiritual flashlight of running through my my life right now and that's not fun. Yeah. No one wants to wake up and say, "Hey, today I suck." You know, <laughs> let's 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 digest this for a little. Everybody look at me, everything that's going on, but I'm doing it, and yeah. I'm getting people involved in it, and I'm uh, getting my my wife involved and say, "Hey, this is going on. This is what's the struggles. This is how the enemy's attacking." Like, like let's walk this out together. And I, I think the beautiful thing about that is, yes, like we're convicted and we see areas in our life that have to change. And the beautiful thing about that is that we have that choice to change, and 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 to pursue sanctification in Christ. Like we have that opportunity to make that change. It's not just like we've come to a locked door. That's not it. Like the door is, the door's open. We just have to walk through it 
and continue our, our fight and our, our walk with Christ. Um, but, it, you know, let's let's talk about some of the – go ahead. Yeah, I'll, just the uh, Revelation 3.20 says, yeah. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, Hello. I will come into him and eat with him and he with me. So just piggybacking off about like, you know, God's there knocking every yeah. day. We're the ones that choose not to answer or walk by and be like, oh, it's just Amazon Prime. No, nope, yeah. it's the Lord. It's, it's God. Um, if, if you guys are out there looking for uh, biblical revival, we've talked about the things that, that happens when, when biblical revival takes place. Uh, there's some theological marks of revival. I'm just going to read these real quick. Five things. The church becomes gospel-centered. So your pastor, hopefully, is preaching the gospel. Uh, your people have become gospel-centered, not necessarily uh, the uh, – what's the word what's the word I'm looking for? Um, oh, my gosh, it has left my head. The um, the blank gospel. Not the uh, – what's – say it. Prosperity. Prosperity gospel. There it is. So it's, it's, it, you're not – it's not prosperity gospel. It's, it's not true. Jesus plus anything else. That's right. It's, it's Jesus. Jesus-centered. Uh, repentance happens. People are broken and humbled. We've talked about that. Anointed corporate worship. You start seeing these worship services that are a little bit more powerful. There's more people involved. They realize that they're serving a powerful living God. Uh, everyone knows that the presence of God is there in the midst of the worship. Four, church growth happens. You start seeing people converted, baptized. Five, extraordinary prayer happens. Um, you and 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 let's let's just go straight to the beginning, guys. This all happens if you study any any revival in the past. Revivals always take place because of prayer. Mm-hmm. Obviously, yes, it's God's decision to move, but there has to be someone willing to be a vessel. And 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 one thing, you know, when, when it comes to when it, it it always comes to prayer, it always comes back to prayer. If we just like the intro of this podcast, you heard the the last guy, Pastor John Kilpatrick, from at that time he was preaching at Brownsville Assembly of God during that revival. But he he talks about just crying out. He would go to the church early, early in the morning, late, late at night, because he didn't want nobody to hear him. But he would literally just cry and scream out to God. That's the type of stuff that starts revivals. Is the passion? Is the is the burden that God puts in your heart. I would challenge you for this. If you're like, man, I want to get there, pray that God burdens your heart for a move, for a revival, because he will burden your heart, I promise. And go watch uh, Pastor Kyle Reno and listen to his his sermon. God will burden your heart. Uh, go listen to, to – go go watch an old Billy Graham sermon and, and see, see how God moves. You know, uh, Billy Graham would send out – uh, the, these these guys that would just pray like months ahead of the revival. If the revival was in New York City, he would send out pastors out there like two months, two or three months before the revival, and all they would do was pray. They would start praying for God to move. And so all of those things happens with prayer. God moves during prayer. Um, so I would challenge you, if you're like, man, I want to I get to that point where I'm burdened, well, just ask God to burden your heart for it. And and by the way, you go watch some old crusades of Billy Graham. You see how many people come up and and get converted at the end of the at the end of the message. I mean, hundreds, sometimes thousands, thousands. Of, of people being converted. That just doesn't happen just because Billy Graham preached a good sermon. 
there was there was groundwork laid months and months before it that had nothing happened. to do with Billy Graham. Yeah. It had everything to do with people realizing that there was a God in heaven who loved them that gave yeah. their life for him. Yeah. And he was just sharing the good news. He's sharing the gospel. As- absolutely. And and I'm going to challenge you with this, too. If you are struggling with sin, whatever sin it is, I'm not sure what it is, but whatever it is that God has revealed to you and you're like, this is something I need to cut out of my life. I need to repent of, move away from it. And let's say that opportunity exists. You're like, ooh, it's, it's kind of, I'm, I'm getting tempted. This temptation is coming up in my life. Let me just tell you this. You shouldn't sin because it's oh I just want to feel good so I'm not going to sin, you know I, I don't want to I don't want to hurt God I'm not going to sin. That's that's good and okay but like we should not sin because we want God to use us. I would be afraid if if I missed a day or a week because of unconfessed sin in my life and God wasn't going to use me. God can still use you, but but we have to be a a, a, a clean vessel for Him. You know we don't want to be this dirty vessel. God's not going to use dirty vessels. He's going to clean us up. We have to be a clean vessel for him to be able to use us. So when that temptation arises in your life to, to do something you shouldn't be doing, just know that my motivation is because, man, I would hate to mess up and, and miss out on what God has for me or what or, or miss out on what I can do for the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. You know, I think, I think that needs to be our motivation is that, man, like I want God, to, I want to be clean so God can use me for his kingdom. So you're like, okay, man, what what does this really mean? Like, oh my gosh, like this is good stuff, and I want to be a part of this. I'm hearing this, or man, I'm not experiencing this, but I want this. You know, the Bible tells us to seek first the kingdom of God. So it doesn't say do. It doesn't say do first. It says seek first. And seeking can come in so many ways. So seeking to me means to, the posture of my heart. It doesn't mean I'm going to go tell you, you got to read the New Testament within the next 30 days to experience revival. Well, that's not really, I mean, I'm not saying it couldn't happen. God can do what he wants to do. He's a yeah. lot larger than me. Uh, seek first uh, the posture of your heart. Where is it at? Ask yourself those questions, man. Uh, get in touch with one of your, you know, your small group leaders, your pastor. Sh- share your heart with them. They can kind of help you walk through some things. Get involved in a, in a church, uh, Bible preaching, Jesus preaching, gospel preaching, church. Uh, get involved in your local small groups. If you're struggling with where to go, we can plug you in to multiple churches with uh, some great pastors around uh, the Birmingham metro area. And uh, or if you're in Arkansas or Tennessee, we got two that we can plug you into um, that are they're actively, you know, seeing the hand of God move. So my encouragement to you guys is, is, man, are, are you hungry? Are you thirsty? Ask yourself the questions and would love to hear some feedback on what's your thoughts on this podcast. Absolutely. I'm going to go backtrack just a tad. Uh Go listen to the Kyle Reno sermon. I'm gonna I'm gonna post it somehow. I don't I don't know. I'll I'll leave a link in the podcast uh, description or something. Some wherever you guys can click on it to go listen to it. But when Kyle sent me that and said go listen to the sermon, I I sent him a text back after I got through listening to it, and I said I said Kyle I just got through listening to your message. It was one of the most annoying messages I've heard. I said I I had holy goosebumps so to speak for 30 minutes of it and cried for 10 minutes of it. I said, if my heart over the last few years could be put into a sermon, this would be it. And I and I shared with him, I said, Kyle, so I wrote this down in my notes app after midnight on New Year's. I said, God has burdened my heart to seek the change to usher in the next great move of God. Your message challenged, encouraged, and just really fired me up. I'm sharing it with all the guys that I know. Um, and, and this is what I sent him. I've read this before on here. But but literally, like I, 1220 a.m. on January 1st is when I created this this note. When I wrote this down, I put on there, and this this goes along with what Kyle's message. So I, I told him, I said, Kyle, this is you sent this to me. Yes, this is like totally what I'm thinking too. But and he was blown away by the fact that 
I had wrote this down and was it really goes along with what he's saying. But I, I put this on there. If there's one thing that we can learn from 2020 is that we don't have the physical answer to the problems of this world. Our reaction to 2020 shouldn't be to place our hope in a vaccine or political policies. Our reaction should be to put our hope and faith in an everlasting dependence upon God. He is our only hope, and it shouldn't take tragedy to awaken our souls to depend on the one who created our beings. We need the mighty rushing wind of God to sweep through our land. And my question, do you want to be a part of the next great awakening? Because the time is now. And I, I, I tagged on there Habakkuk 3.2. Lord, I've heard of your fame. I stand in all of your deeds. Repeat them in our day. In our time, make them known. And in your wrath, please remember mercy. And also tagged Ephesians 5.14. Awake, O sleeper, rise up from the dead. Christ will shine upon you. So that goes along with some of the things that we talked about on bringing revival when I, when I said, you know, it shouldn't take something, a tragedy to awaken our souls. These sleepy Christians, guys, we need to wake up this time. All right. You can check out Pastor Robbie uh, Galletti and Long Hollow Baptist out of Tennessee. Uh, there'll be a link to Kyle Reno's sermon on our social media. Uh, if you get a chance, share as much as you can the uh, There Is More podcast, and we look forward to uh, hearing back from you guys. If you got any kind of encouragement or God has spoke to you in some way, man, we'd love to hear the feedback, and we are looking forward to several up-and-coming guests over the next few weeks. We're trying to line up, so stay tuned. There is more uh, podcast at gmail.com. You can send us an email there. We check it. Uh, not very often, but I, I will check it if you guys actually send us uh, your thoughts and stuff and, and let us know what God's doing in your life. That's what we really want to hear. And, and knowing that, that, you know, that God's making a change in so many lives, that's just it's so encouraging. And then God is burdening your heart. So uh, we'll talk to you guys later.